Welcome to season three of the Grace Lace Podcast. I'm Ruth Jo Simons, and my co-host Eve Stipes and I are so excited to be here with you again. We're so grateful for each person who has listened, subscribed, and shared the first two seasons. We love hearing from you and knowing what's helping or encouraging. So we're calling season three, Start Where You Are. And each episode will focus in on a specific area of life as we talk about what it looks like to be faithful by taking action with what you already have when you don't have what you really want. Are you ready? Today's topic is unpacking what I think is a fairly common experience. Do you ever look around your home, apartment, or dorm room and wish it was different? Have you wished for more space, better lighting, or coordinating furniture because then and only then you'd feel ready to host friends or neighbors? If you spent any time scrolling Pinterest or creating dream boards for your someday house, instead of practicing hospitality with what you already have, you're not alone. Grab a cup of coffee and let's chat. Okay, this is for sure a topic that you and I you and I have talked about recently, as in like this week. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so because I know that you have stories, Ruth, what would you say is the most drastic project you've undertaken or like thing you've done because your house wasn't exactly the way you wished it was? And what was that season like for you? Well, I remember... I- when we first moved into the house we're in, it was a we knew it was a big rental project. It was a very dated fixer upper. But I remember our very first house guests were my in-laws and they were gonna come visit for a weekend. And I I just couldn't. I couldn't have them like stay <laughs> in the house as it was. And so I remember literally the the day or two days before we ripped out all the flooring. We redid oh the gosh. flooring. We okay, you brace yourself. We went to Home Depot and bought a vanity and ripped out the vanity, put in a new vanity. This is the downstairs bedroom? Yes. The basement bedroom. (laughs) And do I regret it? No, it felt a lot better, but that was probably the most desperate attempt to feel like I could host by ripping everything out the day before. I think I even Instagram storied it and I was like, yeah, they're going to be here in less than 24 hours. And we were literally like ripping things out, painting walls, putting flooring down. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> no big deal. It's fine. Nope. Yeah. Love um, power. Yeah, it's fine. I I did a project actually this last weekend that was a little bit kind of like that, not as dramatic, but I did like refinish, paint a new dining room table and paint a wall in the house. I don't even know how you fit that all in. I don't I know don't. when you did that. Nap time and a patient husband <laughs> who helped. Um, and so I like did this stuff because this week actually we were hosting a bunch of people at our house and I was so tired of the dining room table. It was functional, but like not big enough for the n- number of people that we were going to have. And so I thought, we'll just do it real quick. And I spent a lot of time on it and then I kind of hated the end result. So it was a little bit. Well, sad. why don't you describe a little bit since we can't like pop a photo here. Yes. Just share with our listeners what you didn't like about it. Um, how it ended up or what it started with. <laughs> no, I think what it started with, it was just like I said, it didn't feel like it was enough space for people to sit down and have conversation. It didn't feel super like inviting or warm. And unfortunately, all of those goals, I still didn't necessarily achieve. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with wanting to update something or make it warm. But when you got to the finished product, what do you think 
felt really defeating about it? Like, what was it that made you go, oh, I'm so disappointed? I think it was all the time that I had invested Mm -hmm. in like a short period of time, because even as you alluded to, fitting that into a weekend was Mm -hmm. not super easy. It took like much of the weekend. And so I think... I Our house that we live in now, we've been there for almost four years. It's the first house that Cody and I have ever owned, and it's wonderful. But as our kids just start to grow, even a little bit, we have a four-year-old and then two-year-old twins, and all three kids share a bedroom, which I'm totally fine with. But just as they grow and it's like, oh, I'm feeling the itch for more space, I think my like in-between goal has been like paint. <laughs> right? Like paint Mm -hmm. can make it feel fresh and a little bit new and updated. And so it has- And what is it that you wanted to feel? Like at the end of it, I'm I'm assuming you wanted to be like, and now I feel excited and proud of my home. Yes. And now, Now right? Those are the feelings, right? I mean, I'm trying to get to the heart of like what it is that made you feel so disappointed because it wasn't that you got excited about having people over. It's that you thought (laughs) like you worked really, really hard and now you kind of feel like, Uh, it could be so much better. And it's not what I expected. It's not what I expected. And then like, even like your mind starts going through, like people will think this looks dumb or so-and-so is not going to feel like this is nice enough. And it's like, all of those things are not true. Yeah. Like nobody is coming to your house thinking like, wow, that paint color was a poor choice. (laughs) Like nobody is thinking that they're like that. That's fine. Like they're not there for the paint color you put on the walls. But and and I have a tendency to like when somebody comes over want to immediately like sit you know send out disclaimers like yeah yes excuse oh my me gosh. while we're um in uh-huh. a four year long reno and just <laughs> so you know this was so much worse before because I always say that because I'm like please tell me that this is actually a little bit as you know, an improvement from the sponge painted, you know, bright green walls and green carpet everywhere. And it is, but, and, and since I know how your week went and I know that you ended up having all the people over for the different small groups and hosting all the things, but the truth is like, we both know that there are times that we've, you know, probably felt deterred from having people over or showing hospitality because we didn't feel great about our home. Um, Can you think of a time like that? Well, it's funny because I, I don't know that it necessarily deters me as I was thinking about like this topic and this conversation. It doesn't necessarily stop me from having people over, but it stops me from being fully present and really enjoying Mm, when people are there. That's good. That's true. I think it just becomes like I spend too much time focused on myself And things that really don't matter, like Mm -hmm. playing the comparison game in my head of like, oh, I've been to that person's house or I know Mm -hmm. what they like and this is not that or I wish it was X, Y, Z. And I I just miss out on like the actual being present and enjoying the conversation and the company because I'm worried about how small our bathroom is and I hope they don't feel cramped. You know, it's like just silly things that play in your mind. I mean, tell me I'm not the only one, right? No, that's so good. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I think the real issue, we think the real issue is about whether or not we've updated and refreshed the pillows, whether or not, (laughs) you know, we've created enough comfortable seating. Right. But the truth is you and I can remember, I mean, I think we all have stories of times where we've all piled into somebody's little apartment Mm -hmm. and 
had the best night of playing games or had the best night of conversation and people were literally sitting on the floor or grabbing yeah. um, a a random, you know, bin or whatever it was and sitting on. I remember um, when Troy and I first got married, um, we were at seminary and we had seminary housing. This was like literally almost like a studio apartment. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a one bedroom, teeny tiny place. And I remember hosting a big, I don't know if it was for Christmas or I can't really remember, but I just know we, we had a whole bunch of people over probably yeah. like 40 some people over in this tiny little apartment. Yeah. And this was before we even really had furniture. Do you remember the days when you basically thought that having a futon was like the best yes. piece of furniture ever? I yeah, was like, it's wow. Versatile. I have, it's so and versatile. It a, and it was a futon that looked like a couch. So, oh I yeah, even so, better. <laughs> it was wood. Um, and it was such a big deal. And I, I remember truly, and, um, Gosh, I wish I had a picture I could pull up for you right now. But we had our stereo system because remember back then oh, in yeah, the late nineties, uh-huh. in the late nineties, you had like a stereo system with speakers. Yes. And um that was sitting on some moving boxes that I had draped with a piece of fabric. So oh, that was the classic. furniture, right? Yeah. And then yeah. remember cinder blocks, right? You could uh-huh. basically create a coffee table with a few cinder blocks and a piece of plywood. And then if you yeah. drape some tapestry over it, it's awesome. No and one I was knew. so so proud of that little space. Um, Mm -hmm. and we didn't have money for any furniture. And so we had everybody pile in and, you know, Eve, I really remember a time when I wasn't so self-conscious. I think I was Mm -hmm. so young and I was so, um, like lighthearted and naive about it. It was before social media. And I was with a lot of other young seminarians who we just were glad to be together. So, you know, I think what happened, you know, somewhere in the last, um, 20, 25 years, I got real familiar with how homes should look or Mm -hmm. what I think they should look like or how I think they should feel and, and, um, how I fall short of that. And so, yeah, I think it's so easy to, um, and maybe you and I are just sharing the stories here so that, um, if you're listening and you're going, gosh, I'm, I feel like I'm the only, only one who doesn't want to host people because, you know, I feel like my house is not up to par. I'm like, well, I actually struggle with that as well, but you're right. It's not always that we think that we have to make everything perfect. It's that even in the imperfection, we're not present because we're constantly thinking about it or constantly trying to make up for it or compensate for the areas that we don't feel like we have just right. Yeah. It's funny. I, I don't even remember where it was. Maybe it was a book I read or a conversation I had with a friend and they were saying like challenging you to not welcome people into your home by saying like oh it's a mess but come on in because it's like such a natural default I think especially of moms with littles like if you've got a lot of little people at your house it's never going to be perfectly clean and that's just the way it is and we always feel that need to like you said to compensate like let people know like I'm not ignoring it it's just this is where we are right now and it's like you know what those things mean so little when it comes to the actual interaction and the, the art and the practice of being hospitable and welcoming people. And so, yeah. So how do you think in those moments when you're like opening the door to let people in or you're sending the invitation to say a few friends, like come on over and we'll eat pizza together. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. how do we change the narrative and why do we need to, like, how can we encourage each other to yeah. kind of get off the bench and just do something. Right. I, you know, since our season is called start where you are, I think about 
the resources that all of us have, regardless of what season you're in, what situation you're in, whether you have a fixer upper or you bought a new build, whether you feel like your home is exactly the way you want it or not, what we all have and what we really have to offer is ourselves. That's really what we have to offer. And what hospitality actually is, is inviting people into a more intimate part of our life. And that place is usually our homes. And we can be hospitable if we live in an airstream. We can be hospitable if we live in a dorm or if we're renting one room in somebody's home. Yeah. Just, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't actually yeah. have to do with a house and it doesn't mm-hmm. actually have to do with what kind of house. Being hospitable is a welcoming in to a place where it's a little bit more private. It's a little bit more personal and that you're uh, making room for somebody else to feel at home with you, wherever home is for you. And so yeah. when I think about that, I I kind of immediately think about how the changing the narrative really has to start with choosing to not think about myself as much as I think about somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to get to a few practical tips after this, but I want to start here. I want to start here with this thought of... Um, I I recently wrote a afterward for a book called Social Sanity with the Gospel Coalition, and I was writing about social media and um, some guiding principles for creatives. And so nothing to do with this particular (laughs) episode, but I want to just give that a shout out because what I compared social media to and how I am able to stay with the guardrails that I have up for social media is for me to think of social media as like the living room of my life and saying, Hey, how do I welcome people into a conversation or the hospitality that I want to show them when they stop by my social media world? Yeah. And that helps me a lot because it makes me remember that it's not all about me. Mm -hmm. It's not only, I don't, you know, in the same way that we really wouldn't have anybody come over to our house and immediately say, look at all this stuff. Um, (laughs) We really say, how are you? And I think that's kind of the way it's been a guiding principle for me on a social media level, but it really is, it's really helpful for me when I'm running around the house, getting ready for somebody coming over for dinner. And I'm tempted (laughs) to be like, if this isn't all picked up, I'm going to have the worst night of my life. But um, to actually stop and say, okay, I'm not going to have them walk in and immediately be like show and tell. It's really about them. Being hospitable is about extending the graciousness of saying, come and be at home with where I'm at home. And so um, I think about how some practical ways I am able to like keep from getting falling into that trap all the time is to stay spontaneous. I think yeah. sometimes when I plan too much, Eve, I mean, I don't know if you do notice this, I feel like your schedule is fairly planned out. You have like really yeah. regular <laughs> meetings with people. And I yeah. feel like I'm not as much that way right now in my season of life because um, between all six kids having different things going on, <laughs> as well as my travel schedule and my work schedule. Yeah, just sometimes different. we don't schedule things very well, but that spontaneity actually protects me from um, thinking that it's all about me and that I need to have a whole long on-ramp to prepare for this spectacular night at my house. Rather, yeah. I can just say, you know what? Um, I care more about this connection than I do about connecting with my home. So go ahead, come on over. Yeah. You're just like, okay, here it is. We're not even going to think about it too much. Yeah, that's true. It kind of keeps you from that rumination in your mind of like, but it's not this or it's not that, or what if I could make it like this? Or do I have time for this last minute project? Yeah. I really think that's helpful. 
I think uh, it reminds me too of of the idea of hospitality being, like you said, kind of inviting people into that more intimate space. Um, Rosaria Butterfield has written this really great book called The mm-hmm. Gospel Comes mm-hmm. with the House Key. And she talks about how hospitality is a great tool for evangelism too, like because you are inviting yes. people in right. to a more intimate space, to to different types of conversation. And she says this, hospitality shares what there is. That's all. It's not entertainment. It's not supposed to be. And I think that mentality Mm. helps me change too, even with my friends. But then for sure, if it's like people that I might not know as well, neighbors, um, people that I want to share the gospel with, like it's not entertainment. It doesn't have to be a big show. It literally is sharing what I actually have, not what I wish was there. I think that so good right. flips in my brain um, to a totally different space. Which is exactly why we're on this entire theme this season, because you and I recognize and our whole team recognizes that we're constantly in a battle where we struggle to want what we don't already have. And yeah. we want something beyond what God's given us so that we might do this amazing thing for him, be more hospitable, evangelize, um, give more. But really the truth is we start with what we already have and start exactly where we are. Because what Rosaria is saying is uh, hospitality is literally sharing what is already here in your hands and what you Mm -hmm. already have, which ultimately if the gospel indwells, if Christ indwells in us, if we embody the gospel, then having others into our homes is an opportunity to say, um, make yourself at home, pull up a seat and I get to share with you all that I have in abundance, whether that be a cup of tea, a loaf Mm -hmm. of bread or the gospel that nourishes and feeds my soul. Yeah. And all of those things go back to what you started with. Like we get to consider other people and their Mm -hmm. needs. Like we're considering them above ourselves more than what we are nervous about or thinking about Mm -hmm. in our brains. Like what are their actual needs and how can we share what we have? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So here's where the rubber kind of meets the road more a little bit of the practical side of things. We can talk about funny stories and resources and things all day long, but how would you encourage me? <laughs> how can we encourage each other and anyone who's listening in to actually start where we are when it comes to practicing hospitality and embracing our current home situation? Yeah, I, I think we need to make sure that we're saying and making clear that what we're not saying is it doesn't matter. Leave all the dirty dishes yeah. everywhere, right? Or that no, it doesn't matter if you have kept up with, um, you know, laundry and everything's <laughs> all over the place. That's not the point. The point is when we start where we are, we actually start with stewarding what we already have. And we've yeah. talked about that in even the last season, stewardship. But the reality is if we start where we are, then we take, we, we, we walk into our living room or our ki- kitchen and say, okay, I do have the mm-hmm. ability to, um, if, if it's, if you're talking about cooking, yeah. say, well, what, what am I good at? I can make eggs. Wow. Great. Why don't we do breakfast for dinner? Or why don't I have somebody over for brunch? Right. Yeah. Like it's almost impossible to let the lack of ability to like cook really well mm-hmm. or, um, keep a really beautiful home. It's almost impossible to let that truly deter you when you can host a 
host something simple like a brunch or Mm -hmm. breakfast for dinner. And also the truth is when we steward what we have and start where we are, then you start looking around your home with eyes of how does this serve somebody else? Not just how does this make me feel better about myself? (laughs) I think that's the difference, right? When we look around the house and say, how can I make this so that I feel better about myself uh-huh. and who I am so that other people can like me more. If that's, right. if that's yeah. truly how we feel, then we shift the narrative and we flip the script by saying, I'm going to look around the house and say, how can this place and the things that I have and the set of only four dishes or the mm-hmm. set of, you know, the mismatched cups, whatever it is that you feel like, oh my goodness, the, the couch that has a rip in it, except for where you put a blanket over top. Yes, how can course. I allow these things serve somebody else. And when you think like that, then you do cover the rip in the couch and say, Mm -hmm. I may not be able to buy a new couch right now, but I can put a blanket over top of that. I can Mm -hmm. hide that spot with a pillow. Why? Not so that I can feel better about myself, but that somebody who sits there can feel comfortable and feel like, wow, they don't have to worry about, um, (laughs) you know, like making making that tear worse. Exactly. (laughs) And so I, I think about how that's a really deliberate choice, don't you think, Eve? Like to yeah. actually deliberately use eyes of gratitude and eyes of service to look at every single thing God's given you. So, I mean, honestly, I think it would be a really good exercise to go through my home and say, let me look at my kitchen. Let me look at my living mm-hmm. room. What does it say? Is it more about myself or is it more about I really want somebody to be able to feel served and loved and welcomed here? Yeah. Yeah. And I think just being intentional to even ask the Lord about it. Like Cody and I talked a lot this past weekend after my projects and he was like, well, why are you really disappointed? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I want to like love what we have, right? Like I I do want to enjoy what we have. And so I need to just ask the Lord, like, how do you want me to use it? Like what, what makes sense? So, and, and there's so many different ways to think about it. Like when you said tear in the couch, my mind went to, that means that it's not perfect. And so I'm free to invite a bunch of little kids to my house and not worry that they're going to mess up a piece of furniture mm-hmm. that's already been marred a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. there's freedom in that. Or um, when you said looking at your kitchen or what you have, like sometimes you don't even have to cook, right? Like you can, you have a phone, totally. you can order yeah. pizza <laughs> and just take the pressure off or you yes, can like so good. pop popcorn and just have people over for a movie. Like I think sometimes I get really caught up in I have to have a whole meal or I have to have Mm -hmm. whatever. And we recently have had people over kind of after kids have gone to bed and just done dessert. And it is such a game changer for me mentally and how I feel and the prep that I have to do and the cleanup that's involved. So I think even being creative with what can serve them at what time of day, like mixing that up changes things too. I think of also about the fact that, um, and I just, I shout out to all those who have mixed match plates and serviceware and all yes. sorts of things. Um, because I think about how often it feels warm and wonderful yeah. when you're at somebody's home and they literally are like, this silverware is from my grandma. This I picked up at the, the um, <laughs> thrift shop. And there's just hodgepodge of things. And have you ever, ever thought to yourself, this dessert tastes not as great. And I feel so <laughs> not loved because these plates are mismatched. Right. No, usually I'm like, let me look at your plate. Oh, that's so exciting. That's so fun that you do that. And I'm always really envious of people who are so eclectic that they put things together. And meanwhile, there are times when I think that I have to replace every single thing in my house before <laughs> Thanksgiving. 
Right. <laughs> Has anyone ever felt like they have to oh buy all gosh. new dishes and all, all new, new furniture before Thanksgiving or Christmas? And so by the time this um, episode airs, I would just say, even for those of us who are thinking about the holidays, yeah. I um, you know that I wrote Emmanuel, an Advent devotional um, for this holiday season. And I really do hope that all our listeners will join me with that 25-day journey. But the yeah. whole point of that journey was to remember and to posture our hearts so that we remember that there's nothing truly magical about those 25 days. The gospel and God with us is meant to transform our lives all year round. And so therefore, <laughs> even as we're looking to the holiday season, the pressure's off. Like yeah. we can start with what we already have. If you magically have an opportunity to um, get new furniture, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, yeah, go for it. I mean, I recently got an incredible um, green light to from Troy to like replace all the dishes that we had from Woo-hoo. our early marriage. And so, yes, I have new dishes. But even when you're not in that season or if that's not in the budget, starting where you are, where you start saying, okay, I'm going to posture my heart even now for what Thanksgiving might look like, for what yeah. Christmas might look like. Don't forsake the opportunity to have people in your life because you don't think that your house or your dishes or your um, decor is up to par. Yeah. One other thing too, that I'm just going to sneak in here because I know it matters, especially for your family, is that don't be afraid to fill up your house, right? Or to send people outside together. Like, Ooh, I, like I just that. think yeah. it's sometimes we get nervous about like, oh, how many people can we really fit? Even me <laughs> at the beginning, like so how many true. people can I fit around the table? And mm-hmm. it's like, it's okay if people go in the living room to eat some too, or we send the kids outside. So I know I've heard you say, and other families that have a lot of kids, like when you invite your family, it's a family of eight coming over right. and that's okay. Like it's okay to have a full space. So if you're like, my space is too small, like don't let that be a deterrent either. Just go for it. I love it. So true. I think the bottom line here, the bottom line here for this episode is when it comes to our homes, oh, we have so much to offer. God has been abundantly gracious with us, whether it means that we have, whether it's because we have 400 square feet or we have (laughs) 4,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. If we have eyes of gratitude, if we have eyes that choose to see all that we have as being conduits of grace and of service to others, that really changes our perspective, right? Even then, even, uh, you know, a thousand square foot home can feel more than abundant for having 40 people over because nobody cares. Nobody cares whether they are all sitting on a perfect dining chair. People love you. They want to get to know you. They want to experience your invitation. And that means they can sit on the lawn. They can sit on the ground. They can stand and just literally mingle and enjoy one another's presence. And um, I know you and I have enjoyed lots and lots of occasions where, man, we really love just being invited and Mm -hmm. it was never about their house. Yeah. Okay. Well, you kind of touched on, touched on it already, but what we always ask at the end of an episode, what's the gospel truth? Why does it matter? And then what's one small thing that we're going to do to for this particular episode to start where we are today. So, mm. gospel truth, what would you say? The gospel truth is that Christ saved us, that he is our savior so that we no longer um we no longer represent ourselves. We no longer mm. are just 
the the sum of our own experiences, our own resources. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. So the gospel truth is that all that we have is from him and to him and used mm-hmm. for God's glory. And so we can look at our homes differently and we can share our homes differently, yeah. even right where we are, because it's not just you and your family that lives there. If Jesus is part of your life, then yeah. Christ dwells in and amongst you as well. Yeah. And that matters because that takes the pressure off entirely, right? It's it's totally. not any more yes. about what you can perform, create, the best experience. It matters because when you rest in that, you're not afraid to invite and to practice hospitality. And my one small thing, I... I don't know if you'll expect that I say this or not, because I, I actually think that my one small thing is to be diligent about a little bit of pickup every day, meaning mm-hmm. rather than let things go and yeah. feel like I'm not putting away the shoes at the front door or um, and, and just dusting things off a little bit, I want to be ready to have somebody over. I want to be ready when there's yeah. a need, um, when a friend is hurting to be like, come over we're making pizzas tonight. Come over. Um, I want to be able to do that. And one of the ways that I know I can do that better is not by going out and buying a new rug, but (laughs) by actually just taking care of what God's given me every day for just a few minutes, Mm -hmm. just a few minutes of picking things up, just a few minutes of putting things away so that when somebody has a need or when I desire to have someone over, it does not feel like I have to suddenly go through the house and like, entertain and be prepared for this party, but that it's really like I'm at the ready all the time. I love that. Yeah. What about you? What's yours? My my one small thing is truly because I do often think about where are people going to (laughs) sit? I just need, it's like so silly, but I just need to buy some folding chairs that I can put away in a separate space. And if we need them, we'll pull them out and we've got magic seating for everybody. And I also need to just not worry that there is enough seating. It's going to be fine. People can sit on pillows, floors, like we've talked about. But I do think that there's some level of, if I knew there were extra chairs somewhere, it would just put me at enough ease to be like, yeah, and not hesitate at all. So that's my one small thing. I'm just going to get some folding chairs. Folding chairs. That's super (laughs) practical and really is not that big of a deal. You can get folding chairs and you will have room for everybody to sit. (laughs) Well, we hope today's conversation has stirred new thoughts that inspire conversation with your friends, roommates, or spouse. The spaces we live in have so much potential to be leveraged for gospel community, and they don't need to be perfect for God to use them in a big way. All season long, we'll be asking you some questions at the end of each episode because we want to hear the things you're thinking about. So today's questions are... What's your biggest obstacle to practicing hospitality? And what can you practice being thankful for in your living space? Snap a picture related to your answer and share it on Instagram with us or shoot us an email at info at gracelace.com. We'll pick a couple of answers each week to send some happy mail to. If this conversation has you looking for ways to cozy up your home, we'd be so honored for you to consider Grace Laced Art. Our online shop is full of scripture art as well as fine art pieces available in print and canvas sizing. Each one is a reproduction of original art painted by Ruth. We've heard from so many customers that Grace Laced Art in their home 
has stirred conversation with friends, and we hope it would do the same for you. Learn more at gracelaced.com.